0: When Franklin Delano Roosevelt died suddenly on this day in 1945, the world wondered what would happen next. Without FDR's guidance, Americans had a hard time imagining how they would confront the world. FDR, in his four terms, had taken America from the Depression to the brink of war and beyond. Right in the middle of that journey, in FDR's State of the Union address in January of 1941, Roosevelt crafted an argument to get Americans ready for a war he very much wanted to join World War II. FDR crafted a speech as a rationale for why this country should be prepared to fight the dictators of Europe and Japan, as he called them. It was, he said, to preserve four freedoms. In the future days that we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. The third, freedom from want. The fourth is
1: freedom from
0: fear. Joining us now is Harvey Kay, professor of democracy and justice at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay and author of The Fight for the Four Freedoms, What Made FDR and the Greatest Generation Truly Great. Professor Kay, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's good to be talking with you.
0: How do we evaluate the four freedoms both before and after Pearl
1: Harbor? The first thing to understand is is that when Roosevelt was articulating, was that he's expressing and laying out the four freedoms back in January of 1941, he has various things on his mind. First of all, he has in mind the idea that the United States can become the arsenal of democracy. The for freedom of speech back in january forty one actually was the call to arms for Americans. I mean, Roosevelt had no doubt that the Germans or the Japanese were going to make an attack on the United States somewhere. And the uh, his idea was now is the time to bolster American support for the British. So this was a speech in which the, the, the opening many paragraphs really deal with the imperative of creating defense industries, expanding them, and becoming the arsenal of democracy. And, but then he says that it requires more than arms. And he now moves into a sort of moment where he's going to offer a vision of the world beyond the war. And he first of all recalls the New Deal and the imperative not to sacrifice or give up what America was about during those eight years fighting the Depression. And then he moves into the four freedoms, the freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want and freedom from fear, and he spoke of them decidedly in international terms, in global terms, though strangely enough, when Americans were listening to him, they heard it just as much as a statement of these are the freedoms we will continue to pursue in the future, and they weren't thinking exactly of the global. And then, of course, Pearl Harbor, This is what Americans will be fighting for.
0: I'm surprised that after Pearl Harbor, the the struggle for those freedoms becomes very much an internal battle, even though we are fighting around the world for freedom for every person in the world and a freedom of speech for every person in the world, freedom of worship for every person in the world. Uh, I don't know about the prosperity thing. That's a hard one. Um, But the freedom from fear, it seems as though America feared the Japanese so much that they were willing to toss the idea of freedom out by putting the Japanese in internment camps.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the tragic side of the Roosevelt years, and the tragic side includes the fact that the State Department did everything in its power to block Jewish refugees from making it into the United States. Uh, The fact that when the war began, Roosevelt allowed his military advisors and California politicians to, to... have him sign the executive order, which moved Japanese Americans from the West Coast into internment camps in the, in the far West and the Midwest. Uh, and of course, the third element is the fact that he allowed his military advisors to talk him into a Jim Crow army in which white troops and African American troops are separated into into different units. And yet, isn't it funny to think that when those four freedoms are proclaimed, those four freedoms become not simply a white slogan. They become the slogan, indeed, of all Americans. And 75 years later, how are those four freedoms? Well, I always tell people that right now it seems at least one party in our two-party system seems to be cultivating freedom to fear as opposed to freedom from fear.
0: RBK Kay is professor of democracy and justice at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. He's author of The Fight for the Four Freedoms, What Made FDR and the Greatest Generation Truly Great. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Let's think this through together, won't we? What freedom do you most care about and why? Freedom from fear, says Missouri, because it embodies the idea that as Americans we should not have to fear the unknown or anything else. I believe it is the freedom we should strive for most because it makes our society more open and welcoming. To me and others who can't keep their mouths shut sometimes, the freedom of speech is the most important. Because without it, we're really not free to think. That's Preston McDougal using the Anchor app, exercising his freedom of speech and freedom of app. It's a free app that lets you share audio messages, download in the app store and search The Takeaway. It's a great way to comment on what you hear on The Takeaway and we get to hear your crystal clear voice. Find us on Anchor. Call us at 877 mytake my take or comment at thetakeaway.org.